You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody. Are you ready to win? I we sure hope so, because that's the topic of today's show. Uh, I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and creator of The Dev Method. I specialize in goal setting simplified and event outcome optimization. You can't reach your goals on your own. You need cool people, and you need to learn great things. And so every week, I learn, I lead the Sunday night gold chat, Twitter chat. And then on Mondays, I bring in three friends to dive deep into the topic. And then on Thursday, it magically becomes an episode of the Dev Show podcast. So whether you're watching live or the replay or listening to us, we are so glad you're here choosing yourself, choosing your goals, and choosing winning. And I love this topic. Well, I love all my topics. <laughs> I love all my shows, but you know, that's part of winning, right? Doing the things you love and putting them out in the world. And so today we are talking about winning and we have author Ashley Merriman who wrote top or co-wrote the hot dog, the science of winning and losing. And I, I think Ashley is, it's just such a great example of because you meet people and you never know when they're going to pop up in your life again. And we figure it's been at least 10 years. We met when I was co-hosting Media Bistro or via UPod. But the topic, I mean, how could I not have a book, a woman who wrote a book on winning and losing on those conversations? So Ashley, really glad you're here. Uh, Jeanette Sagley, who comes via our mutual friend, Jess Duell. I'm glad to have you on. Jeanette is the bragging expert, but I will let her brag about that more in just a minute. And Chris Ward, who comes from the Friends of Annie population. Um, so, and I don't know if I met you through Annie or because of Annie, but let's give Annie credit, shall we? We shall. Awesome. Um, so I would love for you all to jump right in, introduce yourself and say basically why you're here and why you love or don't love <laughs> this topic. Ashley, let's start with you. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Ashley Merriman. I'm the co-author of Top Dog, The Science of Winning and Losing, and another book, Nurture Shock, New Thinking About Children. And I'm here to talk about the science of competition. And that's actually, you know, I think, you know, winning is fun. But in terms of why I'm here and what I want to talk about, it's actually more about competition and the process of winning rather than the outcome itself. Mm. That's Okay. Like I said, we can agree, we can agree, we can disagree, but it's really all the facets of it. Because it's the journey, and so my August topic is on adventure because it is getting to those goals, getting to the life that you want. So I am really excited to have you bring that aspect 
into the conversation. Jeanette, welcome. Great to see you. Great to see you. Thanks for inviting me. I'm going to start off with a quote that I wrote earlier this year, and I'm going to read it just because even though I wrote it, <laughs> I want to make sure it comes across correctly. A healthy relationship with winning will guide you forward to achieve amazing results. And that's who I am. I am the leadership results coach. I've written several books on brag, how to sell yourself and win. And the reason I wrote it is too often I see women and men try to win something. It could be the sale, could be the job, could be an award. And they do such a horrible job with it. There's so much more there that they just don't share. And so when Deborah and I were talking about this topic, I go, oh, this is so perfect. So I'm looking forward to also meeting Chris and Ashley and having a really great conversation about winning. Awesome. Fabulous. Welcome. And Chris, now it is your turn. So. Well Thank you, Deborah. Actually, Jeanette, I'm thrilled to be here in this great company. So I work with entrepreneurs and what I do is I help them stop working so hard. I believe passionately that your life, your business should support your life, not consume it. And so to me, winning is all about moving towards whatever your desired outcome is, whatever your ambition. And as entrepreneurs, so often your goal is here and then you think you have to learn the thing before the thing. And you're, you're not going not only in the right direction, you're going in the opposite direction. So to me, life satisfaction, is always that constant movement of getting closer to whatever your desired goal is. Awesome. And this is Goal Chat Live, aka The Deb Show. Uh, and I'm all about the goals. You know, you can't get what you want unless you know what that is. And the journey is such an important part of it. And so let's jump right in. Even though you have addressed this a little bit, um, I'd like to address it more. What is winning? What does that mean? And uh, let's start with you, Chris. Oh, well, to me, I'm all about getting ideas to execution. So as an entrepreneur, that's really you know, well, I guess in any aspect of life, but especially being an entrepreneur, it's really about what I always say, getting your ideas to execution. That's it. When you look at somebody uh, that perhaps you, you know what, we're human and we have a little bit of professional jealousy. How are they getting this? You know, what are they doing? And they get all this attention and this is happening. They're just getting their ideas to execution quicker than you. And, you know, you do that by uh, having some systems process, amazing team in play, and just elements that allow you to have a business that supports your life instead of consuming it. Because I think business should be fun. And we forget that really quickly. Because yeah. is it winning if you, when you get to whatever your destination is, whatever it's business or any aspect in your life, if it costs your time, your soul, your family, that's not winning. So, so I'm super passionate about that. Yeah, I, I think we need to dial up the enthusiasm a little bit more. Oh, me? <laughs> Just kidding. Well, you can't get what you want unless you know what that is. And I love that distinction. You know, we're all on our, and people say this all the time, but I love uh, the way that you put it with the timing. They're getting there faster. Maybe they're doing more, they're working smarter, but as long as you're going in the right direction and progressing. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. 
I mean, what I specialize in, my clients always tell me in the Winner's Circle that we help them get 25 hours back a week within the first month of working with us. But what does that really mean? It really means about getting back to all the things that started to, that you pushed to the side and this idea of achieving this goal, whether it's, you know, self-care, family time, you know, just all the things that start to erode. And I just don't believe whatever your ambition is is supposed to be at the cost of some other aspect in your life. So again, that really underlines what you call Deborah winning. It's not winning if you, you know, you sort of had to sell the farm when you got there, right? Yes, absolutely. Love it. Uh, Jeanette, what about you? What is winning mean to you? What it means for me and for the people that I work with is that we're focused on quality. We're focused on excellence it's like what Chris said is like what we're doing, do well. And it doesn't mean you have to spend 20, 30 hours on something. Um, perfectionism, you know, is not winning, right, Chris? <laughs> I'm sure, sure you've addressed that with people. Um, but what I'm finding too often today is that a lot of people have given up that winning because they want to be part of the group. Uh, they want to be a part of the team. Uh, they don't want to rock the boat because they want to keep their job, things of that nature. And unfortunately, when they give that up and they do away with the, the quality, the excellence, the, the, and I'm not talking just individually, I'm talking as a team as well. When we give that up, we fail to win. We fail to make the difference that's available to us and to everybody else. So to me, that's what winning means is Everybody wins. I, I use this uh, phrase in my writing. It's called win, win, win. I win, you win. And the impact that I'm creating, the beneficiaries win. Yes. So it's a win, win, win situation. Love it. And so Ashley, dispel the myth. What does winning mean? <laughs> well, you know, I'm coming at this from a different perspective, which is I'm talking more traditionally about winning versus losing. And, you know, I, to me, you know, if we're talking about, you know, what does success mean, then maybe I would probably have answers that are closer to what Jeanette and Chris are talking about. But since I love the science of competition, I'm going to talk about more classic winning in a competition or, or that more competitive context. And there, what I think is really fascinating is winning is a success in a particular end of the day. It's the outcome. But it's not actually the goal of competition. It's not act, the goal is not to win. And when I tell, especially um, coaches and major league um, professional athletes, they all start going, you know, management really is focused on the win there, Ash. I'm like, yeah, 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 I get it, I get it. But sometimes you win because of dumb luck. Sometimes you win because the other guy had a bad off day. So you can't take a win as, as a measure of success where you can say, oh, I did it. I just succeeded. And, and, and when people are like, oh, well, you know, you know, what are the, you know, the, the things you can do to promise to make me win? I'm like, I, I can't do that, actually. Because the more you compete and the more you push yourself, the more I can guarantee you're actually going to lose. Because the competition gets better. The, the process gets more challenging. And the more you put yourself out there, the more you couldn't make a mistake. Right. Um, you know, I, you know, I, we, we, I joked right in, we logged on. I'm like, I'm going to log off immediately, put ball in my head. 
right? The only way to know you're never going to lose is if you never compete. You're never going to go for it. So what for me, the goal of, of competition is, isn't actually the win. The win is a measure, but the goal of it is improvement. So winning okay. is the measure for the improvement, whether or not I did or not. That's interesting. interesting. Oh, sorry. Can I jump in? I just had a oh, thought please. based on that. Sure. Okay. So one thing people are always surprised about me is I have become a Formula One addict. So it's really interesting when you talk about that, actually, because sometimes they will win because somebody else lost. There was an issue right. with a car. So, yep. you know, they cut through the, the, the wreckage of something else that happened. So they won, but did they really? They weren't the best person out there. They just survived some mishaps, right? So that's very interesting to me. And on top of that, it really does lean in, although you think we're different, it really does lean into what I believe too, because when I talk about systems and processes and having a win team, a what is next team, so you can get to what is next and what is next, what that means is then you can get stuff out there instead of being trapped in the web of admin, you can constantly putting things out. So the more times you get to bat, the more times you get feedback from your ideal client, the more sales calls you get, all these things that instead of just being trapped in the whole, the busy work, admin work and the chaos. So you're right. It lets you get out there more and test it so that you can then have more wins. So I think it does really lean into, you know, your sort of angle on it. Yes. Cool. Sorry to disappoint you. You're completely in alignment with this conversation. <laughs> so what about you all? Do you have a win that, that you like to share something that really stands out as what winning means to you personally, not just big picture? Well, I had a win last year. Um, pull on a, a different book. It's my very first novel. And it only took me 20 years to write <laughs> and publish. And what was really cool about this is that um, I, I was I actually also awarded the Amazon bestseller. And it was in nine different categories and uh, U.S., Canada and Australia. And to me, that was a big, huge win because it took so much to get that book out. So well, congrats for me. Yeah, <laughs> I guess for me, first of all, Jeanette, congratulations. I, I've written Thanks. a book, as you know, but I can't imagine writing a novel. Like that's what halfway through my book, I was like, oh my God, I'm just trying to make one chapter flow into the next. And what if we had characters and names and back plots? Like, I don't understand how that, like, I just, I, all of a sudden I, I felt like I had not appreciated or respected every book I had ever read that wasn't, you know, business. So I guess interesting was in the beginning of the summer with all the chaos in the last two years, um, I have moved into like a country home. So the floodgates open and everyone that couldn't visit me last year in this new location that they all wanted to come to, they, it was like a bed and breakfast, right? And I'm like, okay, okay, all right. I'm all about compressing time, being efficient. And so I said, all right, this is, this is what's going to happen. I am like doubling my vacation time this year. And I expect still, if this is the strategies, strategies I'm teaching, I still expect my income to grow significantly. And it, it was, a, it was an ambitious goal and we're almost at the end of the summer. And that's exactly it. My sales, my, my income is hot, you know, continue to grow at a very healthy rate, higher than it's ever been before. And I more than doubled my vacation time in the last three months to a very significant amount. 
And to me, that was a win, not just because, okay, they're coming. <laughs> so I better be able to manage the flow, but more is buying into the philosophy of what I teach and what I do that you can constantly compress and you can expand your life. There's just ebb and flows of harmony between the two. And when you choose to do that. So to me, it was more, it, it was a philosophical and bigger life sort of meaning win. Well, and the other part of that too is, and you said this before in your intro, it's not just about work. Yeah. If you're not loving what you're doing, if you're not having the quality moments in your life, what is what is the point? So I love that your win is the progression of both simultaneously. So thank you for sharing that. Ashley, what about you? Um. Well, I, I think the one that's really, I, I've just sort of been obsessed with lately. Um, I, I was working in the Pentagon for a couple of years on, and one of the issues I was working on was prevention of military sexual assault. And I came up with a new way to hopefully cross fingers, eyes, toes, uh, prevent military sexual assault and the mil the Navy and the Marines are using it. So that's exciting. Wow. That's yeah. like that's huge. huge. <laughs> that's huge. Well, huge will be if it works. Hopefully, it does. <laughs> but um, but I'm excited. I'm I'm very excited. It's it's an entirely science based intervention, and it's a really a new way to approach workplace environment interaction and all of the science I've been obsessed with for about the ten years. So it's pretty exciting to see something in action. Well, and something that important. It feels like an understatement, but something that <laughs> massive, that's like a huge undertaking because it's a big deal. And even by calling it a big deal, I feel like I'm un understating it. No. So where are my gold stars, you know? <laughs> Wait, we can do this. You. No, we got you. Oh, I have the gold stars and Chris has I think the Chris, I think Chris has the right idea. Yahoo! <laughs> Amazing. And I think I, I asked the question backwards just because I got so caught up in the conversation. Big surprise. But what I love the stories, but let's talk about the feeling. You know, what makes it feel like a win? What is the, the emotion behind it, the process? Ashley, do you want to start this one? Well, the science room reporter in me is going to fail you at this moment. I'm just going to talk about me personally. And that's what I want. And, and, but ironically enough, I don't, I, I, you, I guess you should have that feeling of relief or that excitement. And that lasts about 12 seconds. And then I'm worrying about the impact. I'm worrying about, is it going to be successful? Was it the right thing? And maybe there's an imposter syndrome thing and a doubting element, but it's not some huge sense of relief. It's a huge sense of responsibility and what's next mm -hmm. and pushing forward. And um, maybe the science reporter may, will kick in now that you actually get a bigger boost of testosterone that's sort of fired up, ready to go when it's a near miss than when you win. Because that's that, okay, we got to keep going. and when you actually have success, you've kind of got to figure out a new way to motivate yourself. And, but for me, I guess it's probably the imposter syndrome. I'm, and I'm just not really sure that I'm actually one. <laughs> That's probably true. I think we can tell you that you're doing awesome things. So will you, will you please accept that compliment? 
Um, okay, I'll try. I haven't heard yet about bragging. I'm, I'm waiting for Jeanette to explain to me about how to brag. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I was going to go to Chris next and then go to Jeanette to cap off this bit. So Chris, what about you? What is the feeling for you of winning? You know, I'm not, I, I, I maybe I'm not going to have a great answer here because I'm all about being happy. And so I like the smooth glide, you know, so to me, win is just at, without sacrifice, a constant movement of a healthy growth in whatever direction you want to be in. I'm all about, again, again, your business should support your life, not consume it. And the same thing, whether it's personally or professionally, it's all about a gentle, constant movement towards you want to go. I have no interest in drama or the peaks and valleys. I don't watch these big dramatic shows where they have to beat you up, make you feel really bad. And then they show you, oh, it all worked out. <laughs> it's like, I was fine before you beat me up, brought me down here and then told me it all going to work out. Right. So to me, winning is just quality of life every day. And it's all about, I always say, well, if not now, when? If not, what now, when? So, you know, when everything was kind of dark and murky with all the chaos in the last year or two, and then all of a sudden everybody wants to come visit me, as I said earlier, you can't go, ooh, well, now the time is not good, you know, when I wish so desperately for that last year. So it's all just about, you know what, having one great hour into one great day and, and as, as it grows. That's wonderful and beautiful. And yes, why, if we we're so smart as like humans to design our life. Why wouldn't we design a life that is that quality of life? And sometimes stress is thrust upon us, but if you can limit it, yay, you good. <laughs> I approve. Jeanette, let's get into the bragging. Well, let's get into you first. First I have to share something and it really follows what Ashley and Chris have pointed to. There's a song by El Divo and Tony Braxton. It's like a duet and it's called the time of our life. And it focuses on a, a world championship soccer game. And you can just get into the emotion of the win. It's so dramatic. Um, but what I was thinking, like what, what Chris and Ashley are both pointing to is that it's something that's within winning comes from within. It's a mindset. It's like Chris said, every day, why not do it every day? Winning isn't like one of those things. Oh, what, you know that, that win I had 10 years ago? No, it's something that we can look at every day. And I know when I do my journaling um, and I actually try to live what I write, <laughs> not always perfect at it, but the very first thing in my journal, I, I have to list three brags from the day before. And sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's really not that easy. And it really helps you to really look at what am I winning at? What have I succeeded at? What am I building confidence in? What have I taken initiative in? Where was I being resourceful? I mean, there's just a lot of different things that I think sometimes we put off and we're waiting for life to happen to us so that we feel like winners. And you know what? We all get to choose when that happens. I love that you said this. That this is a, I do a version of that with my clients. I say keep a win list. So whether it's a journal, a piece of paper, electronic file, but for that exact reason, especially as you're doing these massive projects, you need that motivation. Yeah. So, I, and I love that you call them brags. 
because, well. Well, it's funny when I put together the first brag book, this is like the, the second. Um, when I put together the first brag book, people are going, oh, you can't use that word. It's such a bad word. People won't like it. They won't buy the book. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, people are still buying the book, you know, 10 years later. Um, but it's one of those things where I think we have to learn to share what we've been doing. Um, there's a lot of sayings out there. Well, you know, if you've done really good stuff and, you know, you're doing great work, then people are going to brag on you. Well, guess what? They're not because they're not aware of what you've done or what your successes were. Um, I mean, I, I've seen so many people uh, get jobs and all they did was learn how to brag, how to sell themselves. It wasn't being hubris. It wasn't hubris. It wasn't, you know, the ego going. It was simply sharing. This is what I've accomplished as X, Y, Z. And I think so many people have forgotten how to do that. We were taught when we were young, you don't get to do that. You shouldn't brag. It's especially women, you know, little girls. You know, guess what? If you're not going to do it, you ain't going to win. Okay, so you know I have to ask the question, right? So how do you brag? Is there a proper way to brag? Can we dive in here? Oh, there's so many different ways of doing it. The first thing to do, though, is just to get honest about what you've done. And I have five exercises in the book. Um, And I also have a career book, the green one behind me. And it's the same exercise, but it's like, what I call it the KTAs. What are you knowledgeable about? And then you follow it across. So let's say I'm knowledgeable about sales uh, or knowledgeable about you know books or what have you. Make a list and everybody should make a, a long list, not just, oh, I got a couple down. Remember one time working with this 16 year old um, and he was in a group setting and it was how to find a job. And he was having a hard time finding a summer job, which I thought was strange. But anyway, he goes, I, I'm only 16. I've not done anything. I said, oh, but you have. And I gave him a couple ideas. How many friends have you helped with homework? How many people have you befriended? You know, stuff like that. And I walked back up to the front of the room and he raises his hand in again. And he must have seen the look at my face because he goes, oh, no, I need more paper. <laughs> So if a 16-year-old can need more paper, just think of the rest of us who are very stingy with it. So after we get uh, really present to our knowledge, then we go across to write talents, and those are with verbs. So like sales could be uh, lead generation, closing, presentations, um, assessments. Another thing I do could be hiring, coaching, leadership development. Then we get to where the rubber meets the road. And that's called achievements. And you have to have two numbers. So instead of saying, yep, I've done that. Yep, I I went out and sold the stuff. Yep, okay, well, how many times did you do that? And what were the sales results? So if I say, you know, I'm a sales generator and I uh, was number one in my company, a, a $100 million company, number one salesperson, and sold... Um, $50 million worth in three years, that says a lot more about you than just saying, yeah, I went out and sold stuff. But that's what people do. They don't, they don't look at it from a winning perspective, like share what you've actually done. It's actually 
very enrolling to other people that go, oh my goodness, isn't that great? How can you help me do that? Nice. Well, and then there's a couple other steps with that, but that gives you a sense of where we're really weak as human beings and sharing what we've done, what we've accomplished. I do this thing on in my right arm group, which is toot your horn Thursday. What's your biggest win this week? Because people forget to celebrate themselves. So it's bragging on wins. So win, (laughs) win, win theme. Uh, So let's jump, jump from you to Chris. So now we know how to brag. Can we dive into your expertise for a minute and talk about uh, how do you get that balance? How do you live more of the life you want and less of the other stuff? Well, that's a wonderful question, Deborah. But first of all, it does remind me that when we're in the winner's circle, the way we always started is we talk about your wins and your wants. So it is something embedded in what we do. And I guess uh, for me, there's a couple of quick things I would tell people that, you know, as entrepreneurs, First of all, the ones I work best with have been in business at least five plus years. And what happens is they're usually working more hours than they thought they would be at this point in their journey. So they look good on paper, but they're still putting in a lot of hours. And we focus on team, time, and toolkits. And I guess what I would say, there's definitely energy management. Time management is the word used out there, but we really, it's, it's about managing your energy and when you get the best use out of it. So there's a whole bunch of things that can talk to you about that. But I think the biggest things is understanding that systems and processes allow you to build efficiency and not relearn things. And often, especially creatives will say something like, oh, you know, I started my business so I could have freedom. And they're confusing that with what I call, you know, SOP standard op or the traditional standard operating procedures because they're not you know, written by the end user, they're static in nature, and they're just there to cover liability. So understanding that systems and processes will totally free you and allow you to keep your brain power all, not wearing down your battery, lets you move on ever so quickly. And I think the biggest thing, honestly, is when you're a sufferpreneur slugging it out yourself, not understanding that you could have a team, I promise you, you could have one or two people helping you. If you can afford a coffee, you can do that. The world's a magical place right now. But understanding that your mindset of coming from the way the corporate world traditionally does this, where it's a very parentified system, where you check on somebody's work, like a parent, child, teacher, student, and that just creates another job. So the big thing that people get excited about what we do in the winter circle is understanding that they manage you instead of you managing or in this parentified system, checking on them. So that's kind of the, the gel of what we do and how we have fun. And when you do those things, then you just have more bandwidth, more energy, more freedom, more lifestyle. It just, you know, I had somebody say to me just last week, a, a guy in the window circle, and he got a little choked up and he said, I didn't understand how lost I was in my own life. And I feel like I got my life back and I, I, it just eroded over time as I grew my business. So it's, to me, it's super exciting when people tell me that. So that's fun. And I just learned a new word, sufferpreneur. Yes. (laughs) Is that yours? I've not heard it before. (laughs) Yes. I have, people tell me all the time. I, I do think I came up with it, you know, so there we go. But if you're an entrepreneur and it is your choice, you needn't suffer. 
No. You should you and I hate to use the word should, but I will in this case. You should. It's a choice. Well, well, that's why I do what I do. You know, life is a choice. Um, embrace change, whether it's by choice or circumstance, and build the life that you want. And if you're suffering, you're doing something wrong. So I love that it it just calls out everything that's wrong with people who are not living the life that they want. Yeah. So let's go over to Ashley now. So we, we've done the bragging. We've done the efficiency. <laughs> now let's, uh, can we talk about competition and how that makes you better? Is this your best comfort zone or is there something else you'd like to zero in on as your piece of the puzzle? Uh, well, I want to go back to something and I'm sure this will lead me in into more, but when you were talking about describing a win or something, I, 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 maybe it was just me, but mentally I sort of went to big wins, you know, like a big accomplishment, something I'm willing to share. And, but when we were talking in terms of Jeanette saying, I, you know, she starts every morning with a brag and you were talking about the win of the week, that small wins are the thing that actually keep you motivated day yeah. after day. Yeah. And you, ha and I'm all about, you know, let's find the quick wins you know, how can we actually prove that we're doing something? We're making progress. But it's interesting because I don't think we're, I'm certainly not, maybe Jeanette, you can tell me if other people are better at this. I don't think we're as good at thinking about, you know, well, tell me about your win. The small wins don't seem to count, but they do because the small wins are motivating, but I don't necessarily share those, I think. And I think that's sort of a, a disconnect then because it then it can even be hard to communicate, you know, what are you doing? How are you progressing? I said, well, gosh, I felt like we were doing some stuff at the end of the day, but when I, you know, it's like a cocktail party and someone said something, they're like, ah, well, bureaucracy, just kind of mumble. Um, so I think that's sort of interesting because small wins are absolutely essential to keep motivation, to keep going. Um, yeah, so that wasn't the competition thing, but I just I kept thinking about it. Each one of you were saying a, a thing about quick wins and small wins, but we weren't using those phrases, so I wanted to bring that in. Well, and it builds too, especially when you're looking at you know even Jeanette. Let's talk about her novel that took her 20 years to write. There was something that kept you going. Yeah, that you needed to get it done, and if it was the small wins or the just tracking the progress, that's something I talk a lot about because. You can be like, a month has passed, what have I done? But when you're tracking the wind, you can say, oh, I did all these things. I'm doing great. I'm going to keep going. So is that how it kept working for you with the novel? Well, I love Ashley's distinction between, I think a lot of people do fall into that trap called, well, it's not big enough. It's not important enough. It's not whatever enough. It's not enough, right? And that just isn't the case. Like you said, small wins matter. And it's like, if you want to know how far you've come, it's like you take baby steps every day. But then when you get to a point and you turn around and look back, you go, oh my goodness, look how far I've come. And that's what happened with the novel. It was something that was within me that had been there for a long, <clears throat> excuse me, a long time that I just had to get out. But it was like one of those, you had to take some steps, stop. Sometimes the stop was several months, <laughs> a couple more steps, stop. Then it was like, you know, a year, but you know, it's like that. But yet it just, I finally said, you know what? I'm going to toss my hat over that wall and I'm going to 
make it happen. And I just kept going. And it's not, it's not easy, but there's days like what Ashley's pointing to. I said, you know, good work. You sat here, you went through it, you know, because editing this stuff, like what Chris pointed out earlier can be a real, a real hard thing to do. I can think of other words to use to describe it, but you know, we're got to be professional here. So, um, but it's important. It's important to acknowledge yourself. It's like when I write an, an article, I go, oh, good work. And then I check it off my calendar. I actually go a check slash when I accomplish something. Is that a small win? Absolutely. But guess what? If I do enough of them, you know what? I'll, I'll get to work. Chris is talking about where, oh, my goodness, look what I've accomplished here. I love how you said you check them off. Because when someone puts the, they, they X them off, I get really frustrated. I'm like, no, keep track. Write, write your, for electronic lists, I put done in all caps next to it. And for the paper ones, um, I do the check mark. But whenever someone says I scratch out my list, I hope I'm not offending Chris or Ashley here. I'm like, no, keep the proof. I don't operate on to-do lists, so we're fine. Okay, good. It's <laughs> a great way to add stress to your life. They're not in sequential order. They don't have any attachment to time. They're just, yeah, that's to make you crazy. That's all. Okay. Um, so can we go back to talking about competition? Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. So, so how can people use competition so they improve and win? Well, I think, you know, so a lot of people, when you talk about competition, they just sort of start getting squirrely. You know, I've had people say, oh, I'm not competitive. I'm like, you're a lawyer. Yeah, I know, but I, I'm not a competitive. Like, you're a litigator. You better be competitive. You're not competitive. Well, no. I, you know, I've had friends who are going to be like, you've run presidential campaigns. Oh, but I'm not. <laughs> And, you know, we have no problem saying things like Michael Phelps is competitive, but when it comes to us, ooh, and, and what I decided after a while is that that word about competitive and competition, we have this sort of bipolar thing. When we're thinking about it in an abstract way, we're thinking about the Olympics and we're thinking about the World Cup and people showing amazing performances of character and feats and you can't imagine this but when we talk about ourselves we're thinking about ooh was i too cutthroat you know and that we're competing with people for the same power as a promotion as we would be getting say a, a parking space at the mall at christmas and that's a problem and so competition you know the good competitors pick and choose when they're going to compete let that parking space go there will be another one eventually and then if you don't have to win every time, what yeah. competition I started saying about is about improvement. So good competition is finding reference points to know where your strengths and your weaknesses are. And that's because, you know, like I'm in my little apartment and I can do jumping jacks and run around in circles. And I think I'm doing really great. It's not until I go to the gym and see other people in the gym that I go, oh, I have a little more work to do. <laughs> so that's how competition it becomes a reference point. It's not about taking out the other person. 
It's about seeing how you are doing and then them, they can help you understand where you need to improve or where you may actually be successful. But so that's why the competition can actually fuel that improvement because it's just so hard to learn in the abstract and in a vacuum where you need to do. It's such a good example. And, and you're right. There are people who are going to fight maybe even harder for that parking spot. Yes. <laughs> then they should, and, and it goes back to Chris, save your energy. Don't fight for the parking spot. Just park and take a walk to get to where you're going, right? Because it'll be more joyful and less stress. You've got- they'll, fight, they'll fight harder for that parking spot than they will to get the job. Than they yes. will to close the sale. That's that's the irony. That's the sad part of what you're pointing at, Ashley. Well, I, you know, I think that actually the maladaptive competitors, that's the technical term, they don't pick and choose. They just fight for everything. And really, they believe they're entitled to the win. And if you're entitled to the win, then how you got there is sort of irrelevant. Because really, I mean, you would just give me the trophy anyway, right? You would just give me the promotion. I am here now, except my life. Right. And, and but good competitors don't take a win for granted and they respect the competition and how they get it matters. And unfortunately, we just don't talk about that. Right. I mean, I, I, I joke about, with this about coaches that I've never yet heard a coach after a win say, you know, it's not if you won or lost. It's how you played the game. Oh <laughs> we only say that to the loser. Hmm. It really, I mean, think about that. We only say that to the loser. Losers are the only people where character matters. No, character always matters. That's wrong. Hmm. And we need to start really respecting, you know, how we're how we're playing the game, win or loss, and and respecting the rules of the road. And 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 I think if we start doing that, then we can be less afraid of being labeled competitive. And I get a lot, you know, people get all, con, you know, I have lots of conversations about, you know, oh, competition so 20th century. We're all about cooperation now. I'm like, okay, if I'm on a team and I'm trying to beat the other team, isn't that competition? <laughs> cooperation and competition. So they're not false choices. Those are false choices. It's about the context and pushing yourself to do better than you would have otherwise. And it really points to what I said earlier, a healthy relationship with winning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is, I mean, you couldn't have said it better than you said it, Ashley. It's so many of us do not have a healthy relationship with that word. We think it's, ooh, if we, if we say we're winners, then it means that we were bad people because other people lost. Yeah. It's like, no, we're winners. And now can we help other people also win? Well, women have the mo one of the more interesting things because women, the data shows we only compete when we know we're going to win. And competing against someone that you care about is so high, right? If I'm going to compete, I'm going to lose my best friend. So I better at least walk away with the win. Yeah. So women self-police and, you know, there's research you may already know this stuff, Jeanette, but um, research has shown like college educated women never talk about their success unless the person they're talking to, they know is equally or more successful than they are. 
And you can see that would be a real problem in a job interview, right? Or <laughs> or any time promotion or things like that, that mm-hmm. I'm always fine. I, I have to figure out how successful you are before I can talk about my own achievements and how much we're missing from those conversations because everybody's holding back and not actually getting to say with, you know, some interesting stuff, just like you were saying, Jeanette. Well, it reminds me of a story that I was told that there was a, a job opening in a different department. And this boss, who was a guy, went to the woman in his department and said, hey, this is a great opportunity for you. Here's the list of qualifications. And so she went through the list and said, mm, I, I can't check all of them off. And it's what the sad part of that is, is then he gave the same thing to a guy who only had a couple of them and he went and got the job. So you're, what you're saying is absolutely correct. It's, it's really sad that, you know, there's like a, still a gender bias there, but we do it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do it to ourselves. So how do we fix it? That's a great question. <laughs> it's not your job to say no. It's because we self-police and we take ourselves out. We go, I'm not going to win. So I'm not even going to pee. Yeah. And if you focus on, it doesn't have to be the win, but the improvement, then you can just say here, I, here's what I've got to offer. Does this work for you? As opposed to, I can only go to, for a job that I know I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to get or a promotion that I'm going to get. And, and you go in thinking, okay, I'm, not, I'm probably not going to get this deal but I'm going to learn from the experience of the pitch yeah. or I'm going to network. So you find something else that you're going to succeed at, even if it's not the actual in theory purpose for your meeting, find a new purpose that you will succeed at. That's also a great way to practice your brags. <laughs> <laughs> when you're, when you're emotionally unattached to the outcome, it's a great way to practice. <laughs> All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to write that down. Thank you. <laughs> So, Chris, what do you think? I think it all sounds wise. I'm going to be totally honest. I can't relate to that because I would have been in there so quick with that job and make your head spin. So, <laughs> Good for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> That's Good not my reality. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know how to. I just think if you want the salt, you, you ask somebody, you know, and I think also when we talk about wins, I think it's really important to my mindset is, you know, I often think of you look at a snowflake and if it lands in your hand, it just melts within seconds. But then when they combine together, all of a sudden in, in a matter of hours, you could shut down a large city just because of the accumulation <laughs> of that. And so to me, it's all those little wins add up to a big win. So you just, you know, when you, when you don't take that step forward, you have no idea how off the path you are if you're just sort of running in the wrong direction. So, so yeah, I'm all about, you know, secure the win and move on to the next thing. I love it. That's a great analogy too. One, one win melts, but all of them can shut down a city. Yeah. Yeah. Just look what happens in Denver. They get a four footer whole place closes down. (laughs) Yes. As I sit in the California heat, well, (laughs) doesn't everybody get heat? Well, yeah, I guess. Anyway, this is, this is such a great conversation, and this is what I love because I never know what direction it's going to take. I just get to put cool people together and see what happens. And what I would love to do now is to have you all gift a goal to people who are watching 
in ways, how can they win? What is a good goal that sets you up to win, compete, do better, be better? Um, Ashley, do you want to start? Sure. But my goal is going to be about how to manage being stressed out and freaked out when you're going for that goal. Which is uh, perfect. Because <laughs> that's, that's what I, I struggle <laughs> over. So one of my favorite things is the science of the difference between a challenge and a threat. And a challenge is when you think you're going to succeed. It's not a guarantee. It's not a cakewalk. But you've got a good shot. And a threat, the only question is, how badly is this going to go? And you're just bracing for the loss. So if you're feeling to yourself, oh, my gosh. I'm in this threat state. I don't know what I'm going to do. You need to look at your knowledge, skills, ability, and say, okay, knowledge. Do I have the knowledge to do this? Do I have the ability to do this? Do I have the skills that I need for this? And if you, and at some point you may say, no, I don't have the, I don't have the ability. I don't have, I, I left my magic socks at home. Right. But but if you if you actually if you go through and say, what is the knowledge and the skills and the ability and the that I have today, then you might actually identify that thing that you think you're missing. And then you can decide, is it really that important or you can do something to actually compensate for it or you can you know fill that gap. But a lot of times you'll actually be like, oh, actually, I do have the knowledge, skills and ability. I can actually do this. Yeah. Um And if you really can't, then like I was saying before, just change the goal, change the goal to something that you can succeed at and don't walk in just feeling you're going to head into a bud saw. So that's how, um, so for goal in terms of managing the stress when you're going for it, ask yourself, is this a challenge and frame it in a way that it will be. That's great. So it's, it's no longer a threat. You just change the language. Exactly. Change the goal to something you can win at. Because everything is an opportunity. Well, isn't that what um, Jeanette was saying a few minutes ago, that bragging is the perfect opportunity for practice? So if you're going for a job interview and you look at it like, okay, the chances aren't so good, but this is practice and the win is improvement. Oh, I'm using your language. Okay, I got it. it. That's what it's about. It's not just, and it's... um. Like when you go into a conversation dreading the results, you're going to create it. But when you go into a conversation thinking differently about it, that is what you will create as well. So I love it. Good goal. And I was doing it as an on the fly inventory, you know, to, but stress, but Jeanette was sort of doing it as that brag list was quantify your experience, quantify your knowledge. So you can use both of those in the moment and over time to to be less intimidated and more fearless about where you want to go for. Awesome. Okay. I feel like we're fixing the world (laughs) one goal at a time. (laughs) One brag at a time. One brag at a time. So Chris, do you have a goal to gift? Yeah, I guess I would say what I'm all passionate about is we have this false sense, especially in business, that you if you just try to, you know, chip away at everything at the same time, one big clump, you're going to make progress, right? We have this silly belief we can multitask, which we cannot. You cannot shine a flashlight in two spots. You actually are just contact switching, right? So one of the things so many hardworking entrepreneurs do is they 
you know, whether they want to admit or not, something like, I don't know, 60, I think it's 92% check their phone within the first hour and 61% before they get out of bed. And what you think you're doing is getting a head start in the day, but what you're doing is getting a head start on wearing your battery down with decision fatigue and attention residue and all this other stuff. So it's just depleting your brain power before you even get out of bed. So I would challenge and encourage you to dig in your toes and try not to check your emails on your play with your you know smartphone until you get to your desk or at least an hour or two after you get up. So that would be my challenge. It's a tough one. It is a tough one uh, because it's like, okay, the day is starting. What is the first thing you do? You see what's going on in the world. And look, there are all your emails. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, and, and I love, you, you're like, you win the analogy, the analogy prize for this conversation uh, with the flashlight. You know, first the snow, now the flashlight. It's, it's so, it, it's the sort of thing that you hear and you're like, you're right. You can't put a flashlight two places at once. And that's what happens when you multitask. So mm -hmm. I love that, that you said that. So um, goal, don't look at your smartphone for an hour after you get up. And if, you, if you're listening or watching and you want to take the challenge, let us know how it goes. Excellent. Okay, Jeanette, your turn. So I'm going to provide an offer, um, an offer, get that word out there. Um, and it's going to, it's a takeoff from what Ashley has said about doing an inventory. So uh, it, it's a free download. If you go to my website, sideco.com backslash KTA backslash. Mm -hmm. And it's a, the worksheet for the brag book. Um, but it will help you get started in the um, challenge is is to do at least two, three, four pages of them. And don't write real big. So, oh, look, I got one. On each <laughs> I'll be cool about it. It actually gives you instructions. And, you know, if all, all comes, you know, always get the book. But my point being is really take some time and look at what have I already won? What have I already, where am I already a winner? Now, how can I build on that? But first, you've got to put together the foundation. And it's a free offer. So try it and see. That, that's great. And it's what you went through earlier. So it's basically the homework that comes from the, the KTA discussion that we were talking about before. And if you go to thedebmethod.com slash blog, you can get the recap and the links to this and all of these previous conversations. So thank you for sharing that. And this is also a really good time to ask people where they can find you. So Jeanette, I feel like you just answered it, but where can people find <laughs> well, you? You can go to my website because there's a lot more to it. Um, but it's Sobco, that's S is in Sam, E-I, B is in boy, C-O.com. Somebody did a great job at misspelled the first name. Oh no. But that's okay. <laughs> It'll be fixed. That's what happens when I'm doing this on the fly. Were you multitasking? Were you shining your lights more than one spot at a time? You know, I was because I like to pull the gems from the conversations. 
in order to put the best recap forward. So I like to think of it less multitasking and more, oh, Chris, give me a good word. Help me out here. Can't help you. If you do more than one thing at a time, what you're doing is doing two things poorly. Anyway. Where's you're still a winner, Deborah. You're still a winner. <laughs> nice save. Thank you. Um, yes. Yeah, so Chris, where can people find you? Yeah, you can check me out at free gift G-I-F-T from Chris.com. Free gift from Chris.com. And if you check that out, you can definitely check out my website for sure. But if you go there, we have something up there right now that we normally charge for, like the free audio version of my book. And it won't be up there very long. So free mm-hmm. gift from chriscaris.com would be the place I'd go first. And yeah, check out my website wherever you want to find me. Tell me you heard me on this fantastic show. Okay, sounds good. And we'll put that up. Free gift from chris.com. And Ashley, where can people find you? Um, my website, ashleymerryman.com, on Twitter as well. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. Feel free to email me. Text me, call me. It's good. Excellent. Um, and again, I'm at the Deb Method everywhere. And you can learn more about me at thedebmethod.com slash goals. And if you need goals for your wins, uh, you can grab a copy of your goal guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals. Um, this has been such a wonderful conversation. I don't want it to end. What are some final thoughts, some final bits of inspiration from you all. Uh, Chris, what final thought do you have to impart? I just think, you know what, business should be fun or why did you leave that job? So you left the job for a reason. And if you hear yourself saying one time, like, oh, you know, once I get past this next thing, things will be different. Ding, 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 ding. Let's talk. So just remember, business should be fun. There's, you can always have a job. So why not have a business that is fun? And people forget to have fun. They do. And it's like wrong, right? You, you, you have control over the life that you want. So why wouldn't you want it to be as wonderful and fulfilled as possible? Ashley, what final thought do you have? Um, I'm going to try and sum up everything that, and steal a lot of what both all of all of you have said. The scientific definition of humility is because saying, "Oh shucks, I haven't done anything." That's not being humble. That is <laughs> modesty, and modesty is what you show other people. It's not what you think about yourself, which is why false modesty drives us all crazy. Yeah. So. Humility, the scientific definition of humility is an accurate, important, accurate understanding of your strengths and your weaknesses in the context of the whole. And if you start with your strengths, then being able to confront your weaknesses isn't terrifying because you already know that you started with some good stuff. Um, But then your weaknesses is just an opportunity to improve. And then the context in the whole is that you don't get so crazy about an achievement thinking, oh, I'm so wonderful. I'm spectacular. I'm God's gift. But it's also the same thing that, you know, if you have a typo in an email, 
the world has not come to an end because yeah. it's in the context of the whole. And um, to me, when I get frustrated and, you know, when I'm not celebrating my small wins and I'm not sure what I'm doing, sometimes I pull out that definition and go, hmm, okay, where am I derailing on it? Is it accurate? Is strengths, weaknesses in the context of the whole? Embrace your strengths and use your weaknesses as a place to improve. Yep. Love it. And Jeanette. What final thought do you have for us tonight, today? Well, I think of winning as a mindset. And I think um, everything that we've talked about during this past hour has been really amazing. And I hope that people um, take the link to this particular interview and replay it a couple times. There's a lot of good, high quality information because you will hit a wall. And when you're out there going towards your goals, uh, when you're, you know, you, you have a, a child or a dog or somebody that's giving you a hard time, you know, those things happen. That's called real life when you're out there playing. But, you know, get out there and play in your real life. Own that you are a winner. Everybody is inherently a winner. Go make it work. Go make it happen for you. I love it. And what a great Great point to end on. It's a mindset. You're a winner. Own it. Live the life you want. Make it the best life possible. Keep improving. And you will win, compete, win (laughs) at everything you do. Thank you again so much, Ashley Merriman, Jeanette Safely, and Chris Ward for joining me today to talk about winning. Thank you all for tuning in, whether you're watching live, the replay, or listening. I am live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for At The Dead Method. And again, thank you for tuning in because you've chosen yourself. You want to win. So go on out there. Go for it because we know you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Deb Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.